Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. God to shape the right living in us is a different story. No precarious climb. The word precarious means unstable, uncertain, or dangerous. No precarious climb up to heaven to recruit the Messiah. Verse 7. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue Messiah. Verse 8. 8. Yeah. So what exactly was Moses saying? What was Moses? This is a question. You read verse or Genesis, I mean Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, and it says, if you do these things, you will choose life and prosperity, but if you don't do them, you just chose death and disaster. And here I am saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and the climate of my life is a climate of death and disaster. When God has promised me life and prosperity, and the only disconnect is I don't know how to live by faith. I don't, because what I've been taught, even the faith we've been taught is something that you do. I believe God and nothing happened. You didn't have enough faith. So how much faith do I need? Is, is there a schedule or a list on how much faith it takes to buy a car? Or how much faith it takes to get healed? Or how much faith, it, you see what I'm saying? So how do I know when there's enough faith? That, you see, you, now, you, now you confuse me. So I got to show you that faith is not what you think it is. Faith is always, watch this now, faith is always held up against law. In the law, I had to do it. But for faith, God has done it for me. Watch this now. Watch this. So what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves, here's what Moses was saying. The word that saves is right here. As near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us, this is the core of our preaching. Stop right there. Let me explain something to you. This, this is going to help you. What does the term the word of faith mean? Because in every translation of this verse, it uses the term the word of faith. Can I help you? If you're going to buy some real estate, you call your lawyer because you're trying to buy some land. There are three terms you need to understand. Actually, four. Write them down. Number one, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. You call your lawyer, and your lawyer has been to, has been to, to um, school for four years, and then he went to grad school for another four years because he wanted to be a good lawyer. So he knows all this stuff. But when you call him and ask him about real estate, number one, he doesn't tell you about, about um, um, business law. He tells you about what? Real estate. And then he specifically deals with the area you're dealing with, so he gives you a word of his knowledge. He gives you a word of... Uh, or whatever his knowledge. And then now, you based on the knowledge he knows, you ask him, so what should I do? And he tells you what you should specifically do for your situation. That's called a word of wisdom. It's called a what? A, a word of wisdom. Okay? And then now, after he tells you what you should do, you say, you know what? You, you, you get it in your head, you get it in your heart, you keep asking questions over and over again. Okay, let me, let me get this right. You're saying this and such. He said, no, I'm saying this. Oh, okay, good. You keep getting clarification until you get it right. 
and you say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That becomes to you, the information you have now is called the word of truth. The word of truth. Now, when I go to the meeting with the person that's selling the property, and I said to them, this is the way we're going to do it, this is the way we're going to handle it, and the person said, well, I'm sorry, and you stand your ground, it's called the word of faith. How many of you see how it works? So before you can op- operate in the word of faith, there has to be, now the word, when we say a word of, we didn't say, we didn't say a, a paragraph or a phrase of, we said the word of. It's just a piece of knowledge. It's not, it's not the entire knowledge of your lawyer, it's just a piece of his knowledge. It's not, it's not all of his wisdom, just a piece of his wisdom. You gotta, it's not all the truth he knows, just a piece of his truth. When you operate, it's not all the faith you have, it's just a piece of your faith. Here's how it works. When I go to the word of God, he gives me the word of knowledge. We're going, I'm going to show you how it works for you. When you get that word of knowledge, it's just something that God says generally. But then when, when it gives you direction, when you get direction from it, that's word of wisdom. What to do or how to do it or when to do it. When, you, when it rushes now, when it gets in your heart and comes in your mouth, it's, it's, it's your heart is so full of it that you start speaking it. That's the word of truth. You ready? When you act on it, that's the word of faith. Now put the scripture back up there. Let me show him something. Same verse. He says now, so what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves is right here. Everybody say, it's right here. So everybody say, the word of knowledge is right here. Say, the word of wisdom is right here. Say, the word of truth is right here. Say, the word of faith is right here. How many of you are following me so far? You're following what I'm saying? We're going to demystify faith for you. Here's what he says. It's right here, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Next verse. He says this now. Say the welcoming word to God. Now watch this. When you're walking by faith, I'm going back to the basics. We're going back to the basics of faith. What God is listening for from you is what they call the welcoming word. Everybody say the welcoming word. The welcoming word is the word that releases God to operate on your behalf. Ready for it? Let's see what it says. He says, so the welcoming word word to God is this. Jesus is my master. The King James said Jesus is Lord. When you go to God and say, watch this, you know what? I can't keep your law. I don't know how to do it. I don't understand all of it. It's too deep. It's too wide. It's too, I can't do it. But God, I heard the word of knowledge. I saw the word of wisdom. I grasped the word of truth. It's in my heart. It's in my mouth. And now I say, watch this, the word of faith. Jesus is my master. And God says to you, that's all you have to say. He says to you, watch this. That's all it took. Now watch this. Em, uh, embracing body and, and soul, God's work of doing in, in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That is, that is what? It's salvation. It is healing. It is peace. It is prosperity. It is everything you need. That's the way it works. I'm not doing anything. What religion tells you is all you have to do. What, what walking by faith says is that I believe God has already done it. He said it in his word, and now I take him at his word. Yeah. 
Okay? Verse 10. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right. In other words, I embrace with my whole being that God has already set it right. The reason right now that our faith does not work is that you have not yet embraced that God set everything right. You still think it's something you got to do, and you try to do it. And once you disengage from, listen to this, the welcoming word, Jesus is my master. Once you divorce yourself from that and start working again, God puts you, God says, you're back under the law. And remember, here's the rule of the law. Can nobody get right with God by doing the law? It's impossible. It's too much of it. And you say, well, I can do the big things, but what about the fine print? It's the fine print. Well, I just study it. I don't care if you memorize all of it. Matter of fact, let me give you a story. Paul goes to preach in, in, uh, among the Gentiles, and he's preaching to them Jesus Christ. And the people, are, I mean, the Gentiles are just receiving Christ. The church is growing. But when the Jews now, people who got saved being Pharisees, having a, a Sadducee background or scribe background or some Jewish background, when they come to see these people, they say, wait a minute. They don't look like us. They, they, Peter showed up in, in Galatia, and Paul is dancing with the Gentiles. Their dance. Imagine this. Imagine you go to Africa to preach the gospel. You get a whole tribe saved. And they get so excited, they start showing you their dances that they used to dance to the devil. Your American man says, oh, no, 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 I can't participate in that. That's demonic. The dance is not demonic, it was the understanding that was. So what Paul would do, Paul would preach the gospel to them, and whatever way they celebrated, he'd get in there with them, he'd hold up his robe, and he'd dance with them. But Peter showed up, and he said, wait a minute. He's sitting with them, he's eating with them, dancing with them. So Peter felt the anointing on it, so he started doing it too. But when the other brethren came from, Jer from Jerusalem, Peter's um, Jewish mind withdraws from the people, and Paul calls him out in front of everyone. So they go back to Jerusalem to settle the issue in Acts 15. We're not going to turn there, but I believe, believe me, it's there. And they have, the Bible says there was no small disputation. These saved, sanctified, anointed men of God were arguing to the top of their voices, just arguing about whether or not the, the Jews, or the, or the Gentiles rather, had to keep the law. What part of the law of Moses should the Gentiles keep? And I love this. Peter stood up in the midst of them, the Bible said. And he said, men and brethren, why are we trying to saddle the Gentiles with a burden that our forefathers and us couldn't bear? He said, come on, man, you, you guys want to bring them into this religion? He said, we can't even do it. We were, he said, we were born and bred in this. Our fathers, 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 they were in this, and they, we, he said, we can't do it. He said, leave them alone. And James is a pastor. He's the head of this thing. He's sitting listening. Paul and Barnabas stood up, and they start talking about all the things they had done in the gospel. And James is listening. When the whole thing is done, James says, it seems good to the Holy Ghost and to us. He said, matter of fact, he said, scribe, take a note. This is the letter we're going to send to the Gentiles. He said, we, he said, first, please forgive us for those brothers coming to you and troubling you with their doctrine. He said, we didn't send them. He says, as a matter of fact, God only requires three things of you. Here they are. Abstain from blood. He said, you can't, just, you can't be drinking blood. It's not right. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Number two, he said, abstain from idols. The idols you used to worship, leave them alone. Number three, abstain from fornication. 
They used to use fornication as a part of their worship. He said, if you do these things, these necessary things, you will do well. And he said, fare ye well. Three things. Not the Sabbath day. Not sacrifices. Not circumcision. Abstain from drinking blood. Abstain from worshiping idols. Abstain from fornication. He says, now just live in the Lord. And the Holy Ghost will teach you what to do. Watch this. And that's the only requirement the Gentiles have. It was never intended, precious, for the Gentiles to ever know about the law. And the law has messed us up. So, Pastor, what does the law serve? The Bible says the law serves as a schoolmaster. The whole purpose of the law was to show people you can't please God without Christ. It was supposed to bring you, who's going to help me? Who's going to do this for me? And God said, I already pre- I prepared somebody. Put the scripture back up on the board for me, please. He says this now. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right. And then you say it right out loud. Everybody read the last part. God has set everything right. Here's what he said. He said, with your whole... Now, this is the scripture, that Romans 10, and 9, 10, 9, and 10, that they call the way to salvation. Um, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has risen from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the, the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth man confesses. Watch this now. It's amazing. Here's what he say. All you're doing, what gets a person saved by faith, is when they understand, I don't have to do this anymore. It's not walking to the altar like some of you are going to do today. It's not coming down here and standing. It's, it's not saying, oh, I've turned over a new leaf. It's not joining a church. If you understand, listen to this, if you understand that you can't please God on your best day, Pastor, you know, I, just, I don't want to be a hypocrite, I'm going to get it together. Let me tell you something. As a believer, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make bad decisions. There are times you're going to be in blatant, outright rebellion. You are. God is not moved by that. Here's this question. Who are you depending on? Who's your master? That's what God wants to know. Who do you see? What? God is like, tell, say that loud. Who's going to make this right? And you say, God, you set everything right between me and you. I can't do it. You did it. And God said, okay, now go to the program. And you, what you do? You confess to him your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from the righteousness. Bam. You're sitting here full of guilt because you failed. You left where you left last night, going to church because you want to make your heart right. You say, I'm so ashamed of what I did. So you came sitting up here saying, I'm going to serve God enough to get that sin up off me. No. That's not the way it works. The way it works is you come to Jesus and you say, you know what? You're my master, and if I'm still doing this wrong thing, something is still wrong in me, but you're the one that sets everything Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. 
Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. I know, I just work to preach a basic salvation message. This is basic. Is this basic? This is basic. Look at verse 11. Scripture reassures us no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. Now, Pastor, why in the world did you show us this? That's just the first part. I promised you I would teach you a meditation. Do you remember that meditation? Now, how many of you understand how faith works? All faith simply does is finds out what God has already done. Just find out what God has already done. And when you get it, here's the problem now. You, your belief system has been influenced by four major influences. I've taught this a million times, but this is the million the first time. Your environment has uh, shaped the way you believe, your environment. The rule is environment will get into you if you don't know that the potential is there. Your, the environment will get into you. I lived in the ghetto, but they don't get on me. You tell them a lie. You get pressed hard enough, ghetto will come out of you. Brother, I know she cute, but you said, you said, you said you know, she cute, but she country, but she not a country girl. No, 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 no. You take her to the city, and she's going to turn that place where you live in into the country, because country's in her. Environment does that. If you want to hear my accent real strong, just get me mad. I don't care that I live in the States 30 years. I'm going to start talking like an island boy. You got it? It's going to come out of me. Now, watch this. So I'm influenced by my environment. Number two, I'm influenced by the voice of significant others. No matter what they're saying to me, I'm influenced by them. So when he divorced you, after he beat you and divorced you, he said, well, nobody wants you. You're ugly and you have nothing going for you. And you say, I don't, I'm not, I don't receive that. But you know the truth of the matter is, if he was significant to you, those words went down into your heart. You say, but they're not in my mind. No, I'm going to tell you why. Listen to this word. They're rooted. Write that down. They are rooted in you. And you don't believe they're affecting you, but they are on a whole nother level. Number three, your, your belief system is influenced by repetitious information. Whatever you hear over and over again, you're going to believe it. So if you heard that you are a second-class citizen, that you're disenfranchised, that you are irrelevant, you actually believe it to some, on some level. But Pastor, I don't agree with that. Here's, here's what the word says. Unless you have taken the time to root that thing out, it's still in you. Number four, you are, you, your belief system is influenced by experiences. And experiences, they are the big ticket. Because, it, and I like to use this analogy. If I were to take a chair and sit it out in the middle of the room and have people twice my weight sit on it in successive order, and then, but, and it held them up. But when I sat on it, it fell, I would believe that that chair is incapable of holding me up. And you could present evidence to me and say, but pastor, it held these people up. That's them. That's their, ex my experience tells me it can't hold me up. And some of you, because you've been, you've been going about living by faith incorrectly, trying to do to get your faith to work, trying to say, my faith, I, my faith, it ain't even your faith. 
By grace are you saved, and that not of your, by faith, and that not of yourself it is the gift of God. God has dealt to every man the measure. God gave you the faith you got. And every person was given the same measure to begin with. And that's something. Are you awake? So, you say, Pastor, well, what, what, explain what you were just saying about this belief system thing. What I'm saying to you is that many times the word doesn't work for you because you say, Pastor, I believe God, but you don't. You have been taught through experiences, through environment, through repetitious information, and through the voice of ignorant, significant others that you have to work for everything you got. You have to be good to be accepted. You, all these things are in your, you believe it. And then when you read the scripture, you superimpose those beliefs upon the pages of God's word. And he never said it. He said, you already accepted in the beloved. I accepted you before you did anything. The Bible says, okay. Go in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 5. Glory to God. Is this too heavy? This is the basic God. This is the simplicity of faith. Because here's the thing. Can I, can I help you out? You cannot believe God for anything or for anyone to get saved or anyone to get healed if you have a, a, a messed up vision of how salvation works. It's the first inter, uh, interaction between you and God. If you think you're saved because you're good, and you always can tell when people think that. They always walk around like they're better than you. Because, watch this now. Can you imagine a man that, a man, uh, that can keep the law? He even got the fine print down? When the average Israelite don't even know the fine print? It's in man's nature to be puffed up. That's the guy that knows the fine print. And you walk by, and people in hushed tones are going, How you doing, sir? He's the man. And they, you know what they say, so you walk around, chest poked out. Not realizing that even the ones that know the fine print and the ones that don't, they both are failing. You got it? Now watch this now. So the person, Pastor, you know, I'm going to get it right with God. But, but I got to fix myself first. You are going to go to hell, waiting until you fix yourself to come to God. Because you are incapable of fixing yourself. The welcoming word that God wants to hear this word. Here's what you want to hear. Why did God is like, why do you come to me? Because Jesus is my master. That's what I need to hear. And with Christ being your master, what do you have to say to me? I have to say to you that you have said everything right between me and you. I've done nothing in this. All I've done is come and receive from you. And God is like, this is my beloved son. Romans 5, Romans 5, look at me at, oh, um, 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 um. oh, I might as well go from verse 1. Lord, this is long. Okay, no, no, well, let me see. Look at verse 8. All of it is good, but verse 8. But God commended, put a new living translation up there so I don't have to define commendeth. For God showed, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly 
be saved through his life. Here's what God says. Everybody look up. Let me help you. God says, I was working to fix you, to help you, to save you, to heal you, to prosper you, to bless you when you were my enemy. You are shaking your proverbial fist in my face, telling me who I wasn't, damning my name and saying all kinds of things. And God says, while you are doing that, I wasn't even studying you. I blessed you with silence while I was over here working out the details of your rescue. You were trapped in prison. You were in demonic jail. Telling, saying how much you hated me, blaming me for what the devil was doing. And I was working out your release, negotiating your release. God says, now watch this now. If I did that for you, when you were my enemy, now that you're my friend, what do you think I'm going to do for you? Hey, somebody, now that's a good Pentecostal, that's a Pentecostal moment right there. Hey, glory, thank you. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all? If God sent his son to die for us when we were sinners, now that that we're saved, now he's accomplished the work, he's going to throw me away? No! God forbid! No! He will not throw me away. I got to walk away and demand that he leaves me alone. He will chase you. Down the path of your own self-will. Pin you against the wall and tell you, you said Jesus is your master. Now I'm telling you, let's get back home. Some of you came to church today just to have God tell you it's time to come back home. Glory to God. I command my voice not to leave till I get done. Hmm. So... What is meditation? Because there's so much stuff rooted in your heart. Go to Mark chapter 4. Okay, watch this now. Your heart. Your heart. One of the most, matter of fact, hold Mark and go to Romans 1. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's so many things about our spiritual life that we don't understand at the pool. So what God does, he, every picture in Scripture, God gives us a definition of it. And then sometimes, being New Testament believers, here's the problem. You find a definition before you see the picture. The Old Testament conceals. The New Testament reveals. The the Old Testament is in types and shadows. The New Testament is the reality of the types and shadows. My shadow is not me. The shadow only exists because I'm standing in, in in the path of light and I cast a shadow. So everything in the Old Testament, there's someone standing in the light of God that casts a shadow. And the someone is not you. So Jesus Christ cast a shadow in the Old Testament and they see it. And the Bible says when Israel reads it, a veil is over their face. They can't understand. What is this about? They can't figure it out. So they can't please God. The Bible says but when they receive Christ, the veil is removed from their, their eyes, because Christ, they realize, wait a minute, it's not about the shadow, it's about the man that's casting the shadow. It's the man standing in the light. Now watch this now. Romans chapter 1, verse, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What this means is this. Because my lifestyle is so jacked up, I get the word of truth, 
Watch this. Now, I, find, I hear the word of God's knowledge. I see the word of God's wisdom, and I see the word of truth, but I, I take it in, but I don't act it out. It never gets to the word of faith. You know why? Because if I were to ever acknowledge that this is right, it will prove that my living is wrong. That's why even when you, listen, even when you, when you do wrong, don't call it something else. When you do wrong, don't call it something. I read, I don't know if it's a proper quote, but I read, and I'm not picking on any one sin. All sin is sin. It comes from the flesh. But when I saw this thing in the, in the, in the, in the media, gay sex is moral. The Bible says that the nation, let me tell you something. If we start changing the truth of God into a lie, we haven't seen anything yet. Remember what I told you. I read Revelation. I studied it. I didn't see America. Either America in Revelation is lumped in with another nation or she's not there. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.